Welcome to this episode of Speak with Brandy B. Love. Today, our special guest is Preet Jamal, and what she does is she's a life and embodiment coach. Welcome, Preet. Hi, Brandy. So nice to be here. Oh, it's so nice to have you, love. Uh, I think I just want to kickstart this with kind of thinking about it from this embodiment perspective is what did you do to prepare before our call? I think our audience would really love to gather some insight from that. Mm, That's a great question. So it's something that I actually do on a daily basis, and that is to cleanse my space. A few years ago, I stumbled upon Palo Santo. And Palo Santo is a sacred wood. And I absolutely love the way it smells. It's earthy. It's instantly grounding. And I'm a Virgo. So you know, that is so important to me. So before this call, I Palo Santoed the room. And I meditated with a crystal for about 10 minutes. I also put my headphones on and I had a little mini dance party because that is the way that I feel the most embodied and connected to myself. I also made some fresh moon water because we just had a new moon in Leo on Wednesday. I took a sip of moon water and here we are ready to go. Mm, I love that so much. And I want to say thank you because you introduced me to Palo Santo and then I I have issues with burning things. I mean, I like fire. So outside that's (laughs) fine, (laughs) but I'm very sensitive and I don't burn um, smudge sticks inside. I just don't do it. If I'm outside, I totally do. But I found these products where it's a spray, right? And Mm. I have fallen in love with Palo Santo as well. I really, really love the smell. Um, I did run into one situation where I sprayed it around this woman and she's like, for whatever reason, for her, she, it, it was, um, I don't know, almost felt like bug spray to her, which <laughs> gave me an idea. Maybe this would be a good bug spray. So I haven't tried that yet, but I, but I love That's it. Brilliant. And, right. So um, I actually, I didn't use Palo Santo this morning, but I also um, cleanse the space with white sage and rose smudge spray, which was charged with Reiki crystals. Wow. That sounds incredible. Yes. Thank you. And I, I'm really, I attribute you to this because I wanted to smell the Palo Santo. And then I found this whole ability to bring this into my space with the sprays versus the burning. So I've, I've really been enjoying that for the past few months here. Oh, I love that so much. Me and my husband are actually working on an e-commerce business. So we're creating candles. And of course, it's Palo Santo scented. So we had a huge order that we ordered straight from Peru. It's ethically sourced. And we're finding all of the most amazing natural ingredients to make this as safe and toxic free. And so I'm super excited to launch that here. Yeah, yeah, I love that. (laughs) That I will burn in my house. Absolutely. I will send you a care package. Thank you. I'll be on your list. Um, So let's just deep dive if they jump right into your story. And I know we all have interesting stories. And here at Speak, this is part of the process is just being able to share our stories maybe for the first time, which I think is the case with you, um, or just things that maybe there's not really the other, the proper place to share them. Maybe it hasn't come up where you felt welcome enough. So I really like to create that space. And I'm really, really happy to have you here because I think your story, I know a little bit about your story, but publicly sharing it, I think is going to be helpful for so many people that have experienced the same things or sort of parallel adjacent to your, um, your experiences. Mm, Thank you so much for saying that. And I'm 
I'm excited. I'm grateful that this is my first opportunity to share with someone so lovely. So mm. you creating this space is everything. Thank you. I'm really honored. Very honored. Well, I guess let's dive in. So I'm Preet Johal, and I was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta. And my parents are from the UK. So mom and dad born and raised, um, and they moved to Canada. And I'm the eldest daughter of three. So I have a younger brother and sister. They're twins. And our upbringing in Edmonton was very isolated. We didn't have very much family around. And my parents knew from a really young age that they were not meant for each other. They had an arranged marriage, which is quite common in Punjabi families. And when I was 17 years old, they ended up getting a divorce. And that was really the catalyst moment where our family sort of split apart and we kind of had to, you know, fend for ourselves. And as kids, there was a lot of toxicity in the household. And I think when I look back at those times, I realized that my parents were just doing the best that they could with the resources and knowledge that they had at the time. And so a huge part of my story has been about healing and growing and evolving and taking whatever mess life throws at you and transmuting it into something better. And so I guess to start, like manifestation has been a huge part of my story. And right after I was done high school, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to get into. I spent a little time working because, you know, my my family was split apart. And so we needed everybody to help. And uh, when I started in the workforce, I soon became a flight attendant. And that was amazing. Flying the skies for about a year and a half. And I absolutely loved it. It got me out of the house. It got me out of my hometown. And I should say that Edmonton has never felt like home for me. You know, ever since I was a kid, I I had this deep feeling within me that I was meant for something different, that I was different. And I couldn't really put my finger on it from that age. And now that I'm older, of course, I understand what that was. But at the time, it was very confusing. I didn't have any role models really to speak to or or an older sister or cousins around that I could really, you know, lean on for support. And so a lot of that went inward and it was me relying on myself. And so getting to the point where I was a flight attendant. So, you know, I've had many, many jobs and I've been working since I was 14 years old. So I think I like to call myself a hustler. It's it's just like <laughs> ingrained in me that I, I like to be busy. I like to be productive. And so I was a flight attendant. I was absolutely loving it. I was traveling all over. And then when the oil prices dropped in Alberta, I got laid off from my job. And that was the first time I'd ever been laid off. And it was so heartbreaking because I was living on my own and uh, had really no other support. And, you know, I had bills to pay. I had a car payments, insurance, you know how it is. And yeah. the same day I got laid off from the airline, the same day that I got let go from the airline, my check engine light popped up on my car. And so I head over to the dealership and I'm in the driveway in the service center and the young kid there is telling me that I need to get all this work done on my car. And 
I was so pissed. You know, I was, I was having a bad day. I was not in the right mindset. My car was under warranty. Why should I be paying all this extra stuff? You know, I thought I was, I thought somebody was hustling me. And so I ended up speaking to the manager and the manager ended up being a guy that I have actually known for many years. Um, we went to high school together and um, he offered me a job on the spot. Wow. So I sat in the office with him. You know, we caught up. I said, look, this is my situation. This is what's going on with me. And he literally was like, well, I have an opportunity here for you if you want it. And that was the first time I really felt the universe just like put an opportunity in my lap and I would have been a fool to not take it. So, of course, I mean, I took the job. I needed a job and I knew absolutely nothing about cars or automobiles or servicing. And I just took a leap of faith and I decided, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be a sponge and I'm going to be open and I'm just going to learn as much as I can. And this will be a new skill for me. So about six months go by and I'm killing it. I am, you know, selling all the extra brake services and the fluid flushes and I'm giving great customer service. And uh, about a year later, I get promoted to work for corporate. And now I'm working for this big automobile company called Go Auto. And it's an umbrella company. So they have many dealerships underneath them. And so my role was to bounce around to different dealerships. So every two weeks or so, I would be at a different brand, helping out uh, in any way that I could in the service department, training and things like that. And I remember this so distinctly. I was sitting at Porsche and that's one of the most beautiful dealerships. And if you've ever been to a Porsche, you know that they don't play any music in their showroom. And so when you walk into a Porsche dealership, it is silence. And I was working, I was filling in, it was about like 7.30 in the morning, and I had just gotten there, I was filling in for someone. And across the showroom comes a finance manager, and she's got these like fabulous stilettos and a pencil skirt, and she's poised and put together, and she walks across the showroom, and in that moment, I thought to myself, I could do that job. Oh, Wow. That's amazing. I did. I did. I thought I, I looked at that woman and I said, you know, I could do that. And so fast forward, I'm I'm now no longer with this company. They ended up getting rid of the position. So a year later, I'm now working at Lululemon and I'm teaching some dance classes part time and a job opportunity comes to me through a, a client that's come to shop at Lululemon and it was someone I used to work with. Um, at that Porsche dealership. And she said, hey, Preet, like, what are you doing? We're actually hiring a junior finance manager. You would be so great. You should apply for the job. And so I literally on my lunch break that same day, I went to the back, I updated my resume, and I just shot it off to the director. A few days later, I go in for an interview, I get the job on the spot. So they had recognized me and remembered me from when I filled in a year prior. And so now I'm literally in this finance position working at Jaguar Land Rover with no finance experience. I've just come in as a junior. And again, I'm keeping my mind open. I'm being a sponge. I'm learning everything. I'm growing as I go. And then the most amazing thing happens. So I'm going to rewind just a smidge. So when I was working at Lululemon, 
they often did team bonding and, uh, you know, team meetings where we would get together, we would do yoga together, we would uh, do meditations together. And um, this one time, I remember doing a manifestation. And so we had a little work booklet. And in this manifestation, it was, where do you see yourself in three years time, and write it out in detail. And so with my parents being from the UK, I had spent a lot of time going back and forth. I've got tons of family there. So I've visited the UK about 13 times. So when I wrote on this piece of paper, and actually I still have it to this day, I wrote that I see myself living in London in a loft with an exposed brick wall, sitting on the couch under a big bay window on a rainy day, having a cup of tea. And I, I shit you not, Brandy, literally a year and a half later, I'm sitting there in London, <laughs> Ontario. Now, this is this is the doozy. So when, when you manifest, you have to be specific. <laughs> so when I manifested that, I meant London, UK, you yeah. know, and I hadn't even known that London, Ontario was a place that existed. So you know, I'm working at this dealership in Edmonton and they just bought a dealership in London, Ontario, and they needed someone to to move over, to transfer there, to open up this new dealership and, you know, basically run the show. And they chose me. And so I pick up my life in seven days and I leave Edmonton and I move across country on my own. And I'm starting this new journey in London. And I ended up finding this amazing loft. It was above above a pub, a Scottish pub, and a massive exposed brick wall, like everything I could have imagined in this loft. I was there. I was sitting in it on the couch, having an Earl Grey tea on a rainy day, looking out the window. And that's I have, that was literally the moment where my mind was like, <laughs> okay, mind this blown. is so amazing, and. I have to interject because yes. <laughs> your story has so many good bits to it. The first thing I want to say is really probably doesn't matter, but I would love for you to be my flight attendant. You'd be like, a... <laughs> I was really good at it. <laughs> if, I don't think there's anybody that I can think of, of all the flaying that I've done that's been nearly as perfect as I can imagine you were in that role. I really loved it. Honestly, I, I loved it so much. And I worked with such amazing people. Every single day was different. You know, you have a different crew every time you fly. And so it's always a different experience. And it that's it really helps you grow. That's amazing. Um, and then the other things, there's a couple of things that sort of go together that that stood out to me was that there's a lot of synchronicity in your life. And mm. And I think that sometimes that can, for people that don't experience that or like aren't open to that might miss that this probably is happening to them too. They're just not choosing the doors. It sounds like every time one came to you, you chose that door, you chose to go in, you, you use the term um, being like a sponge a couple of times, you, you used it as a learning opportunity. And I find that to be sort of magnetic, I guess, that the more you say yes to this, the more those opportunities and those synchronicities feel like, okay, this this chick wants me to show up in this way. The universe is like, okay, she gets it, she gets it. And, and to just see your trajectory in such a short amount of time to just move up in these ranks. And it also comes to me to share how 
our talents are our talents. It doesn't matter if we've learned them in a traditional education setting. Like you learn them on the spot and you flew with it. And you're, I could see when you were describing that, that silent room in the Porsche dealership and that pencil skirt and those stilettos, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, pre, this is pre can totally do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the manifestation. So I know there's other parts of your story um, that you need to share before from then to the question I'm about to ask. So we can put a pin in this, but, um, but I want to make sure we do get to it at some point if it's not now, but you saw the power of manifestation very clearly. And also that part where you didn't say London, UK, and you ended up in London, but the different place. One of the most powerful manifestation stories that I know of you is you manifesting your husband. Yes. And so <laughs> we might want to wait till later, but I would like to cover that a little because I think that's Absolutely. really inspirational. Mm. Well, you know, I, I think honestly from 2016 is when I started noticing the universe, God, source, uh, the divine, whatever you want to call it, sending me signs, whether it was license plates or billboards or phone numbers or just things that popped up in my life. It was the angel numbers you know, and those little like intuitive nudges. I was really quieting the ego and listening to my intuition. That is really what led me to all of this beautiful abundance and to manifest harder. And I think when I had that epiphany sitting on that couch in London, Ontario, sitting Mm -hmm. there having that cup of tea, I think that's when it really hit me like, holy shit. I have the power to create the life that I desire. And and if you can see it behind me here, but I have um, a wood picture here of Buddha. My dad made it for me. And it says, the mind is everything. What you think, you become. And I think that is so powerful. And it's really one of the quotes that I always revert back to. That's, That's a really powerful quote for sure. Hmm. So yeah, coming to London, Ontario, man, that was that was quite the adventure. You know, when you when you move out of your hometown and you are on your own and nobody knows you, it's like a way to reinvent yourself. You get to show up in your brightest light and leave all of the past traumas and stress and drama right where it is. And so when I went to London, that was me really stepping into my power. And showing up for Preet fully. Mm. So, you know, life was good. I was I was enjoying it. I was making six figures. I was driving a Land Rover. I was, I was really doing it. And I met some really amazing people when I was living in London. Actually, two of three, two, three of my soul family I met while I was in London. So this is it's so true to say that when you step into your power and you raise your frequency, you will attract those that are on that same frequency. So I got to meet some amazing people in London. So COVID-19 hit. And in 2020, I was let go from my job. Then life really hit. That was really a time where I went super inward. And I think a lot of people did. I think you so know? too. It, it was definitely a time um, of reflection It was a time of looking at your shadows. It was a time of really like doing that deep inner work and just sitting with yourself. I mean, you had nothing else that you could bloody do. So you had to sit 
by yourself and and really figure out all the ins and outs of who you are and and why you are the way that you are. And so this sort of led me on the path to self-discovery. And this is where I really dived into Meyer Briggs personality tests, my astrology, digging into human design. I was fascinated by figuring out who is Preet? What is Preet good at? What are my talents? What are what are all the innate things that I was born with? What are my natural things that I can offer to the world? Yeah, so that was really the most pivotal time for me to really dive into myself and and do shadow work and you know, heal some of the parts of me that needed to be healed, that inner child that wanted to be heard and loved and seen and supported. Yeah. I did that for myself. You know, it's interesting because even though I kind of know this timeline a bit already, it still struck me when you said, and this is when I looked into astrology and all this, because listening to your story back and hearing about the manifestation and, you know, where that came, one could assume you already were super in your spiritual awakening already. So, um, so that's a powerful point for me is to think it's like, it's okay that you didn't know all of this stuff. Then you still were tapped in regardless of what your cognitive mind knew about it. So that's really powerful. And then I wanted to ask you is, so when you, when you went into yourself and you found these different modalities and you started to think about, like you said, the inner child work so powerful. Um, where did this all lead you in terms of like the forgiveness and where where did that go from there? Well, I think a lot of it comes from your parents. You think about the way your parents were raised and how your grandparents were raised and the struggles and difficulties that they were going through gets passed down into you. And so there was a long lineage of pain, trauma, um, and that needed to be healed. And initially, it really started with me forgiving my parents, you know, for either situations that we grew up with and and the toxic environments that we were put in. Um, and and to be honest, having that forgiveness and and just like accepting your parents for who they are, fully, loving them anyway, even if they're not perfect. That is really what has strengthened my relationship with them. And I have a very beautiful relationship with both of them now. But it wasn't always that way. You know, there's it was like a roller coaster journey to get there. But I'm so grateful to say that that we're there and it's beautiful. But coming back to coming back to the story. So um ended up moving back to Edmonton around the end of 2020. And this for me felt like a huge step backwards because Edmonton was just not the place I wanted to be. I never felt like it was home. I never liked the energy of the city. And I had a lot of bad memories there, you know, a lot of bad memories. And I just did not want to go back to that place. So I ended up making that move back and driving across Canada, which was a really amazing experience. Um, so much to see, would highly recommend. I know that you've traveled quite a bit on your bus adventures, but yes. Canada, wow, it is absolutely stunning up here. Yeah, so that's definitely back, on the bucket list, so to yeah. speak. Come visit anytime. <laughs> so did you okay. do that solo? The, no. the trip? Okay. No, and I'm glad you asked because I was just about to get into this. So the reason I ended up actually moving back to Edmonton 
was because I had reconnected with my ex. And so a little bit about my love life. (laughs) I've definitely only had the three loves of my life. The one when you're really young and immature and you don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. The second, that was that long term, it was almost 10 years long I was with this person. It's that soul crushing type of love. And then the third is my current, the one that just shows up when you least expect it. I mean, for me, I manifested him and we'll get into that. <laughs> but so when I made this trip back to Edmonton, it was because I had reconnected. And that for me was the biggest lesson of my life was the lesson of love. And so moving back to Edmonton and about a month later, having life hit me really hard and realizing this is not the person, this is not the person that you're supposed to be with and lots of heartbreak. And I ended up actually living with him and his and his mom at the time. And then when we ended things, um, it was a really messy end. It was, you know, infidelity, lying, a lot of narcissism. And uh, I was homeless. I was homeless for two days. I had nowhere to go. And I ended up actually staying in a hotel. A friend of mine had put me up in a hotel for two days. And in those two days, I scoured Facebook Marketplace to find a place to live. And I ended up finding an amazing spot. I also sort of manifested it (laughs) because, you know, I have these powers. Yes. (laughs) And and from there, um, that's when I we discovered breath work. And so going another level deeper into healing. So now I've opened myself up to breath work and breath work is the most powerful healing modality I have used to this day. And I was really able to pull myself out of that darkness and, and start making some progress again, because it was, it was a hard few months. I'd say a good three, four months of just not knowing what to do next being in this shitty situation, feeling alone, having no support. It was like the middle of winter in Edmonton. And if you've ever been to Edmonton, you know it is not a desirable place to be when it is cold. It is like minus 40 with a wind chill. chill, And it's like a frozen wasteland. (laughs) Not recommended. (laughs) Yes. You've you've sold the fact that this is not desirable. (laughs) So, okay. So from this point, um, I started working. I, I I looked for some jobs online and I knew I wasn't, I didn't want to get back into the finance space. So I looked for something else and I ended up working as an executive assistant to this beautiful and amazing entrepreneur. Her name is Andrea Bailey Brown, and she is a franchise consultant and business coach. And working with her really opened up my eyes to the possibilities. Um, not only was she a, a, minor, a minority, but she was badass. She was a multimillionaire. And working under her really gave me that extra little push that I could do whatever I put my heart to. And she taught me so much about believing in yourself and and like positive affirmations and really putting your best foot forward. So shout out to Andrea. I hope you watch this one day. <laughs> what a great, um, like in your face, real life example of, you know, it's not like you just read this in a book. You have mm-hmm. a person who did this in front yeah. of you and teaching you with love. 
Absolutely. And to be honest, the the time that I shared with her was very short. It was only a few months that I worked with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you, the universe put another opportunity in my lap. And that was um, a wonderful soul who I had worked with years ago, back when I was in that corporate position, working from dealership to dealership. Mm-hmm. He was a finance manager that saw my uh, resume online and actually DM'd me. <laughs> He DM'd me and I didn't even know who he was. And so (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't remember, bless, you know, when you're when you're working in so many dealerships, you meet so many people. And I just I couldn't put a name to a face in the moment. And so I messaged back, like, who is this? And he responded saying, like, I'm working at this dealership. We're we're looking for another finance manager. I remember you. You were amazing. You should totally come here for an interview. And literally the next day I set up an interview, I go in and I meet up with him and we had an amazing catch up. And of course, as soon as I saw his face, I remembered all of the memories and the times that we worked together. And so now I've got my foot back in the door with the finance world. So working in automotive finance. And um, from there, I knew that I wanted to get out of Edmonton. And so I worked with this company for a few months, and then I decided to make the move to Calgary. Now, Calgary is three hours south of Edmonton, and it's right next to Banff and Canmore and the Rocky Mountains. It is absolutely beautiful. And so I made the move down to Calgary, and there I was working with Mercedes-Benz. And so I was, I was doing good. I was living in a really beautiful place, and I had a mountain view, and I really felt like I was living in my power. I was able to pay off all of my debt that I had occur- incurred from COVID-19. And so that made me feel really confident in myself. And this building had a dance studio. And so I was back on my dancing and moving my body and really just like feeling in my energy. And so this leads me to manifestation. So I manifested my husband shortly after I moved to Calgary. And this was a Capricorn full moon. It was actually a super full moon. And what I ended up doing was really sitting with myself and thinking about all the qualities that I was looking for in my divine counterpart. I didn't name it my boyfriend. I didn't name it my, you know, next person. It was my divine counterpart. I was solely looking for my soulmate. Okay. That's what I wanted to ask because you had already learned the lesson from London experience, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And so that was very deliberate. And Um, Did it not matter to you if it turned out to be husband or boyfriend or what it was? You just wanted the counterpart no matter, like if he showed up and he never wanted to get married, but you guys were going to be together, that would have been fine kind of a thing. Absolutely. I just wanted to find my divine counterpart. That was it. I was ready and open. And this is the key is is you have to create space, right? You have to Mm -hmm. create space within yourself in order to allow something new to come in. And so really focusing on my healing and breath work and doing that inner work and creating space for a new love to find his way in. And I wrote down on that paper all of the qualities that I was looking for specifically, you know, and I, I can't even make this up, but like a few months later, and this is also with me keeping a rose quartz crystal under my pillow uh, for three months. And, you know, you have to make the effort because the universe can't just like deliver somebody on your doorstep. So I did my part and I created a profile online 
and I ended up matching with this guy and about two weeks later he's flying from Toronto to come visit me in Calgary mm-hmm. and then you know we spent 10 days together we explored the mountains together we got to canoe on Lake Louise which is just one of the most magical moments of all time and fast forward you know, we're married. We got married a, a month ago and we had our dream destination wedding in Cancun. That's so beautiful. Yeah. If if you were in your beaming, so obviously you all out there cannot see her, but I can and she's beaming <laughs> and they are adorable together and just exude love. So I can definitely attest to that. Um, If you were, I think so, like, hmm, how do I say this? You exude confidence. It is likely that you came into this incarnation with just some of this being innate inside of you. So I'm wondering what you would recommend if if you were to pick, you know, one or a couple of things to recommend to somebody that really hasn't approached their life this way. And maybe it's a lesson they need to learn rather than something they were just came in with is to how to maybe look for those synchronicities, like you were mentioning the angel numbers or how to manifest, even if they don't necessarily, they haven't seen it show up in their lives for them yet. So somebody Mm. who hasn't had all of these amazing um, confirmations that you've had, what what might you recommend for them? Mm, That's a wonderful question. So a few things. One thing that you'd mentioned was about confidence. So I wanted to mention that my south node is in Leo. So that's where the confidence comes from. In a past life, I was a Leo. So it's definitely showing up in this lifetime too. But when it comes to like recognizing those synchronicities, I think a lot of it comes from believing and having faith that you are exactly where you're meant to be. There is nobody like you on this planet. You are unique. You are phenomenal. You are magnificent. And when we start to look at ourselves in the mirror and tell ourselves that we are worthy, that we are deserving, and that we can create the life of your dreams, you can, that the mind is everything. And so I really believe it all comes down to mindset. You have to believe in your heart of hearts that your person is out there. And if you're single and you're listening to this, just know that your person is out there working on themselves. And when you work on yourself, your frequencies align, you will meet that person effortlessly. And the same thing can be said for careers and for opportunities. When you align yourself with the frequency of being open to receive, it will come to you. And... Mm. Being being aware, being mindful, you know, a lot of people go about their days and they don't really notice the details. I'm a very detail-oriented person. I'm, I'm a Virgo, so <laughs> I have three Virgo placements. I'm a stellium Virgo, so I really notice all the little things. But even something as simple as, like, if you look at the clock and it says it's 2.22, that's a sign. Pull out your phone and Google 2.22 angel number. If you go on a walk and you notice a a squirrel cross your path. That's a sign. You know, nature speaks to us in so many ways and the universe speaks to us. It could be a song that you hear. It could be a feeling in your body. It could be, 
you know, a random stranger on the street. It just, it's taking the time and recognizing those signs when you see them and and being mindful of them. Hmm. Yeah, you speak my language with the nature part and the numbers. I'm a numbers girl and I, mm-hmm. I notice these things too. And I think for me, I a lot of my life, I was, I use this word so often dumbed down, but I don't really like that term anymore, but I haven't found one better. But where people have, have said to me, this isn't true, it's just made up. And so I spent a lot of time kind of hiding how much I believed in it. And as I've come into my own awakening and taking my own power back. It's, it's so clear how, how much it's true and how much more I can see it now that I'm fully open to it. And I'm not letting anybody tell me that it's not true. There's a lot of naysayers out there. So back to this whole frequency thing and, and drawing back to the part of the conversation where you were saying about how, you know, your friends group, different people started to show up. And it really is true. There's the saying of, you know, you're only as strong as the the five closest people in your life. And and how do you how do you start to change that? So it's maybe also if, you know, in the audience, if people are having a hard time seeing these things, start to question who you actually are spending your time with, the stories that they're telling you and not just the stories that you're telling yourself. Because I think there's a lot of a lot of value in that. And this other thing that I heard, because you keep mentioning frequencies, which I think is really important. Um I don't remember exactly how it goes or where I, where I heard this, but it made so much sense to me. It's like, it's like a wavelength. So if you have a wavelength that has, um, I don't know, in let's say a a 10 foot space has five ups and downs, or if in a 10 foot space, it has a hundred ups and downs, they're different frequencies. And so even though let's say the frequency, the thing that you want is on a particular frequency, but you're operating on this other frequency, you're just going to keep hitting your head into a wall. So I think that that's such an important thing is figuring out what those frequencies are and tuning into them, like you're saying. And so would you say that besides the space, that's the biggest thing for the manifesting is being able to be in that right frequency? Mm, That's a great question. You know what? I think there's actually a few parts to it. Okay. I think A, you definitely have to put it out there to the universe. It needs to be spoken. It needs to be written down. It needs to be put out there. You can't just keep everything inside of you and then, you know, expect it to just show up. You have to speak it out. Even just our voices and saying things out loud, we're creating a vibration and ripple in front of us. So speaking it out. Second is really sitting with the energy as if you've already gotten it. Mm. And this is huge because this is where gratitude comes in. And I've done a lot of research on gratitude. I actually took the course um, that Harvard was offering during COVID, which is the psychology of happiness. And the biggest takeaway from that course was gratitude. When you express, express gratitude, you create so much more love and abundance to flow to you effortlessly. And so when you really believe, like when I sat and manifested my husband, for example, I remember sitting in that energy of feeling safe. I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt supported. I felt bliss. I felt love. I felt comfort. I felt like I had my best friend. I felt like infinite joy. And that is the energy that I sat in and reminded myself that I am worthy of that love. I am deserving of that love. We all are. 
And so really sitting in the emotion of what it is that you're manifesting. So if you're listening to this and you're manifesting more confidence, you have to feel like in, in your solar plexus, you are confident. And this is also where chakras come in. You know, I'm a, I'm a big buff when it comes to somatics, embodiments, and understanding our, our chakras and, and aligning them and, you know, decluttering them because it happens from time to time. And really feeling in that energy of, I do deserve this. And there are so many practices that can remind us. I used to have sticky notes that I would keep everywhere. And I mean everywhere. I'd have them on the mirror. I would brush my teeth. And there was affirmations. I would open up my laptop and there was a sticky note and there were affirmations. My office at work, affirmations. I would put them everywhere until I really, really believed in what I was saying. And you're saying it with intention. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important practice for all the reasons you were saying. And then when I think of it on this sort of scientific level, because there's science behind this now, right? So when you're feeling it, not only are you feeling those feelings of like the love and the compassion and the best friend and all of that, but then you're grateful for it. So you're saying, I like these feelings. Give me more of them. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, but there's also this whole hologram thing that's happening, which takes us when we think of it not being a linear reality and everything already does exist. Energy is not created or destroyed. This, right. this is already out there and you're attracting that you're like I I know that this is a version of me that exists and I I'm going to experience it now first with yourself while you were in those moments and and really intending and then boom it came to you in the form of this other person and so it wasn't you just like um having to recreate it I also like how you said about the affirmations because sometimes it can feel a little silly I think um, to, to say something that you don't necessarily believe. So I love your story share about how, yeah, you needed them then, but then it really became embodied in you and you didn't need those anymore. It worked. It's worked. It's magic. Basically. Absolutely. I'd, I'd like to lead into, um, the whole embodiment. And, um, we touched on this in the beginning of some of the practices, but how that's showed up in your life and kind of what you want to do with that with others, because I know that this is a skill set that you're wanting to share with the world. Yes. Thank you. So to come into embodiment. So embodiment is really feeling good in yourself, feeling aware of everything. And for me, the first time I really experienced that was from a young age. So I've been, I've been dancing. I'm a self-taught dancer and I've just had this natural rhythm. Um, thank you, God. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, parents, maybe genetics. I don't know, but um, I've always just had this ability to find the rhythm. It doesn't matter what type of music it is. And I'm drawn to all sorts of music um, from any place that I go visit. I always take on that culture and, and really like to feel in the energy of the music. So for me, embodiment came very naturally because I'm used to being in my body. I understand the flow and the fluidity that it takes to be a dancer. So when it comes to embodiment and, and speaking on it, um, one of the practices that I would recommend is doing a body scan. And so this is sitting in a med meditative state and it could be guided. I used guided meditation for years until I was able to just meditate in silence. And a simple body scan is 
starting from the top of your head or your crown, your crown chakra, and working your way down and noticing where in your body there is tension, noticing where there might be some pain, noticing where it feels good and expansive, and really just taking that time to notice what you're feeling in that moment because life goes by so fast. And I think a lot of people get stuck on this hamster wheel of, you know, eat, sleep, repeat, work, and you just, you're on this cycle and we don't take enough time to just sit with ourselves and notice what we feel. And so that would be the very first step into getting into more embodiment is feeling your body, listening to it. It is so intelligent. It is so intuitive. And when we really tap in and listen, it will tell you what it needs. Yeah, I really agree with that. We did, we, we definitely live in a society in a time where there is not a lot of let's slow down and listen. <laughs> um, so I think that's super important. And that can even be, you know, maybe after you do it over time, maybe you spend 30 minutes doing it. But in the beginning, it could be as simple as I take a couple of breaths in the car. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just even just sit there for a few minutes and, and ask my body. Um, it came to me to think about the dance and how it's come to you naturally. I also just like, I was born a dancer. I love it. Self-taught too. And I just don't even care what I look like. Um, <laughs> That's it the best way. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what if somebody's like, cause I've heard this before. It's like, I don't dance. I can't dance. I'm not a dancer. What would you recommend for them to, to kind of, everybody's a dancer, really? I believe this. So what me would too. you <laughs> What would you recommend is like a slow start, like something that, that anybody can do like to just, uh, I don't know, start to unleash those chains of, I can't move my body. Okay. So that's a great question. And I love this question. So the first thing I'd recommend is finding a song that just makes you happy. Finding a song that brings you joy it could be a happy memory about the song. It could be any kind of music. Just, just put some music on that makes you feel good. And then Tap in and listen to the beat. Try to find the rhythm. Try to catch the beat when it is going through the song. And then what I would recommend is like feet flat on the ground and putting your hands on your hips and then just practicing a figure eight. Just a simple figure eight with your hips. And you can't see me, but I'm doing it now. (laughs) (laughs) But a figure eight and then same thing for your shoulders. So using your shoulders and doing figure eights and just seeing how that feels in your body. And when you sway, just gently sort of see the way that your body wants to naturally move to this music. And another thing is, you know, check out my Instagram. I'll be posting some dance videos. <laughs> that is Offering that is, some dance classes online. <laughs> that is awesome. And um, what a great tip. Um <laughs> I want to circle back to just this whole thing about forgiveness before we end our time here together. And then I have a couple of other um, things that I want to bring up, but about the forgiveness. So it's, you start with the self-healing and then you talked about leading to, you know, forgiving your parents. And now you have this beautiful relationship with them. I'm going to share a tiny little blip about me and then get to my question about this. Um, So as you know, and most of the audience knows, um, my mother died when I was 23. And we also had family trauma and drama, lots of it. 
And so I had to go through that forgiveness process after she was dead. I mean, it started before she was. And I think that there is, on some level, it's easier. On some level, it's harder. But it takes a lot of concentration for me to believe, you know, that she's feeling this out there in the ether because I, I can't hug her. I can't go to dinner with her and talk about these things and to like be in real time with her. So I want to um, to just bring up to people, and maybe this will be another episode that I do, that you can do this forgiveness work even if the person's not alive anymore. Um, but if they are, I strongly suggest trying to do this forgiveness now because um, I can speak to how it's it's painful that I don't have that opportunity. But back to you, Pre. Um, you have done that part. And we mentioned, you mentioned about like this generational trauma. And so I'm wondering how you've seen the ripple effect in your life as you've chosen to forgive and heal these relationships. Yes. So with me being on this path, I have absolutely inspired my own mom to work on herself and to heal the parts of her that needs to be healed and to allow her inner child to be seen and loved and supported in ways that maybe she never had the ability to do so when she was younger. And the relationship that I have with my mother now, it just gets stronger every single day because we get to bond over this healing. We get to speak about it together and we are able to have that open dialogue where there's no judgment. There is just love. That's so beautiful. It's and so I wanted to just add, like, there has been so much amazing, wonderful abundance that has come into my life, but the healing journey is never over. And I am still healing, forever healing. I don't think ever, anybody is fully healed. There will always be things that come into your world that are going to hurt you, things that are going to break you, things that are going to trigger you. But it's how you show up again, and it's how you treat yourself um, that will help you move forward. I think that's really true. It's like, we're never done growing. So there's, there's always going to be healing and lessons and, yeah. and, and even some of the same ones that we think we've healed and they come back up in a different way or in a, in a deeper way of needing to, to, um, to forgive and, and let go and learn from really, I think there's so much learning and you know, as you were sharing, and I was thinking about that story I shared about my mom, my dad is still alive. And it's, it's really be, when I realized that idea that I have forgiven my mother and my grandmother, um, and that my dad is still alive, I've really just like put the pedal to the metal to heal these things. And he's not one of those people that like, likes to talk about things. And but, but I've really, I've pushed that and I've watched him in his own healing journey as a result. So I think there really is that ripple effect. And I love that for your mom. And I think that even if, um, uh, what do you want to say? It's like, even if the people that are already passed, like not just my mom, but like the generations before us, um, we're, we're clearing that trauma for them as well on an energetic level. Absolutely. And like even the seven generations forward. So when I eventually have children, um, I'm going to be able to 
raise them in a way that helps them feel supported and 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 give them the space and freedom to be able to express themselves you know and and by healing what we were unable to access as children we are allowing the next generation to experience that and we are just creating a new generation of embodied beautiful beings that are confident and self-aware and mindful and emotionally intelligent. And that is what's going to change the world. Yeah. I really, I really vibe on that. There's this chick that I follow on IG and um, her and her daughter, her daughter's often on it and she does angel numbers and all of this and her daughter. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She's beautiful blonde hair. Yes. And she meditates with the little girl and she asks her questions and she affirms. And I'm just like, yes, Mm, I love that. She's an old soul, that little girl. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's so powerful. Um, Okay. So I think the last two things that I want to cover is what, um, what, what are like kind of launches that you have coming up? What can we look forward to that you're going to be putting your services out there? Because you are a wealth of knowledge. You have personal experience, you walk the walk, and now you want to share your gifts and we know the candles. That's (laughs) awesome. Um, (laughs) what else, what else can, um, our audience look forward to? Well, thank you so much, Brandy, for bringing that up. So now that our big, beautiful wedding is over, it has been full focus mode for this past month. And so I'm very excited to launch my very own podcast, which will be launching on September 13th, which is my 33rd birthday. So just shy of a month. Um, I'm super excited for that. And actually, just two, two days ago on the new moon, I discovered a dance studio. And you're not going to believe this, but the address for this dance studio is 111. And so it just seems like this beautiful (laughs) wink from the universe, like, here you go. You manifested this space and I'm delivering it to you. So I'm going to be offering in-person workshops and dance classes here in Woodbridge, Ontario, and uh, just showing up for my clients on on Instagram and uh, connecting more. I've got some speaking opportunities with um, uh, some student associations here in Brampton. So you'll see me. I'll be around. <laughs> that's that's so awesome. I love the synchronicity of the one one one. Also thinking about how it's your thirty third birthday and it is thirteen, but it's still like three three three. Mm-hmm. which is another like just amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, listening to your podcast and what you bring out into the world. So excited to have you studio. on there. Yes. I'll be so happy <laughs> to be on there. And we uh, have so much more we can dive into. It's so true. And um, where can people find you? So what's your IG handle? And is there any, um, any other place that you want people to look for you? Yeah. So my, my main uh, page is going to be coach with Preets and that's on Instagram. Um, I'm still a little late to the TikTok party. I had it for a while. It was dance with Preets, um, but I've transitioned into coach with Preets since that's more of my offering and what I want to give to the world. And a YouTube channel will be in the mix coming up, but I'm going to give myself until at least the new year before I launch that. Very cool. And I think when you do the, the, I think, listen to me, I'm like, oh, business, blah, blah, blah. But when you do the dance studio, I think the TikTok is going to be amazing because TikTok is such a great platform for dancing. And uh, I assume that as you do these updates, whether it's the e-commerce with the candles or whatever, that we will be able to get the updates by following you on Instagram. 
Absolutely. I'll have everything posted there. That's perfect with Preet. <laughs> Thank you, Preet, so much. It's been magical to spend this hour with you. Mm, it's been an absolute pleasure. What a blessing to have you on, Preet. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode of Speak with Brandy B. Love, and I'll be back soon.